Please take your seats. We're going to uh, spend a little bit more time worshipping and being just drawn into God's presence, really. I think that's a real theme of how we're feeling uh, this evening's going to go. We need to be led by him. Um, Bethany, come up here. <laughs> I want to pray for you. That's all right. So we, we, we were chatting, weren't we, a couple of weeks ago, and you felt God had laid something on your heart. And I said, well, why don't you share with us? We've got a youth service coming up. And she was like, ah. I said, come on, you can do it. So um, I'll pray for you and also pray for the offering at the same time. So, uh, Father God, I want to thank you for everything you give us. I want to thank you for monetary offerings. But I also want to thank you, Father, as we've said many times, for the, the children and the young people in this church. And Father... Uh, We thank you for Bethany and we pray right now, just as she shares her heart and how you've been talking to her, that we will be blessed, Father. We would hear from your word this evening uh, through Bethany. Bless her, I pray, in Jesus' name. Fill her with your spirit, Lord. Amen. Yeah, so who remembers YOLO? For those of you that don't know, YOLO stands for You Only Live Once. This is what society tells us living in the moment is all about. Enjoying life, even if it means taking risks, as there won't be another chance. There are two reasons why I disagree with this. One, you don't only live once, you live twice. Once on earth, and then I believe, once in eternity with, heaven, with God. Two, enjoying life by making decisions on impulse is not what living in the moment is all about. So what is living in the moment all about? One way to discover what the whole idea of this is about is to work backwards. What isn't living in the moment and what's stopping us from doing it? There are three time periods you could live in. One, living in the past. Two, the present. Or three, the future. Living in the past is looking back on previous actions, then beginning to contemplate them and thinking about them until you become immersed in them in past situations. I mainly think about situations that I regret or feel guilty about then begin to think of different things I could have said or done, and before I know it, I've wasted 10 minutes. But more importantly, I haven't done anything about it. Isaiah 43 says, The Lord says, Forget what has happened. Do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I'm going to do. It is already happening. Don't you see it? I'll make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. Before I continue, I just want to say that if you regret something more than just that time you called your teacher mum, or feel guilty about more, feel guilty about something more than forgetting a friend's birthday, I'd encourage you to deal with it. When regret builds up and guilt build up inside of you, it eats away at you constantly until you end up being consumed by it and living in the past. Find a friend, pray about it, and give it up to God. God's grace is so huge; it covers our past present and future no sin is too big for god so when you say sorry to god you will receive forgiveness i learned this two years ago at youth camp the feeling of freedom from regret and guilt is something i can't describe like it says in the verse god makes us new he will also make you forget which was such a weight lifting off my shoulders in 2 corinthians it also says if anyone belongs to christ there begins a new creation The old things have gone. Everything is made new. How amazing is that? 
the old things have gone and everything is made new. Worry takes up a lot of my time. I'm like my grandmother. I spend a lot of time worrying. She was told that worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. (laughs) I worry mainly about the future as it terrifies me. This means I can easily slip away from the present and start living in the future. One of my favourite verses that reminds me that I have nothing to worry about is Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. So when I do feel worry and fear beginning to creep in, I need to stop, pray and ask God to be in my situation, then thank him for the thousands of things he's already done in my life. Matthew 6, verse 27 to 34 is a passage that was on my heart this week, especially on Tuesday. And this is it. So I tell you, don't worry about the food or drink you need to live or about the clothes you need for your body. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And you know that you are are worth much more than the birds. You cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. And why do you worry about your clothes? Look at how the lilies in the field grow. They don't work or make clothes for themselves. But I tell you that even Solomon in his riches are not dressed as beautifully as one of these flowers. God clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today. Tomorrow it is thrown in the fire. So you can be even more sure that God will clothe you. Don't you have so little faith? Don't worry and say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? The people who don't know God keep trying to get these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. Seek first God's kingdom and what he, God wants. Then all your other needs will be met as well. So don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble on its own. I know a lot of people have exams going on, whether they be end of years, mocks, GCSEs, A or A levels. Apparently there is a life after exams. I don't know if your teachers do this, but some of mine have countdowns until my exams. I think there's now less than 80 days for some of mine, which is a very scary thought. I begin to worry that I'm not going to have enough time to revise everything. By doing this, I'm wasting the time that I do have. So, to compensate, I begin to borrow time from other places, things that I really shouldn't. For me, it's mainly sleep, but more and more, it's time with God. I think this situation really relates to the story of Mary and Martha that was told at the ladies' conference yesterday. So that's what the ladies do. They go to conferences. (laughs) While Jesus and his followers were travelling, Jesus went into a town. A woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her house. Martha had a sister named Mary, who was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. But Martha was busy with all the work to be done, and she went in and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me all alone to do all the work? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is important. Mary has chosen the better thing, and it will never be taken away from her. Living in the moment is all about living in God's presence. Martha was worrying about all the work she had to be done, and so wasn't living in the moment. In doing so, she was missing an opportunity to spend time with the Lord. Jesus. When we worship, read the Bible, pray and leave time for God, we are living in his presence.
Now, this is definitely easier said than done, as life gets in the way and we become more like Martha. A simple habit to get into is to, to, to stop time with God being eaten away at, is to start the day with prayer. By doing so, you're starting the day with God. I'm not, however, saying that living in God's presence is an excuse for not doing your homework. Our worship can take many forms. When we work for God, whatever it may be, it becomes worship. For example, and maybe revising maths, but if I revise for God, then it's worship. To finish, I'm going to read something that encompasses the whole idea of living in the moment and in God's presence. It's written as if it's Jesus speaking to you. So you may want to close your eyes and let the word sink in. My dear child, why do you keep focusing on the future? Whether your mind drifts five minutes into the future or five months, dwelling in the future prevents you from experiencing my presence. You know, you can know my nearness only when your mind is fully in the moment. All stresses and fears enter your mind when you are thinking about the future. And all regrets and bitterness come into mind when you're focusing on the past. But when you come into the moment, not only you not only experience my presence, but you will also become more sensitive to the needs of those around you. Only when your mind is in the moment will my love, compassion and kindness flow through you to the others that share the moment with you. They will see you in me and you and I will make a difference to their day that can impact their eternity. I wanted to give opportunity uh, if anybody had anything to share that God has done this week. Maybe in light of of some of the songs we've just uh, sung, in light of what Bethany uh, has shared. Is there anything that um, maybe God has done this week uh, or or you've been involved with that you kind of like thought, yeah, that's that's, that's something I've got to share. You'll know if that's you because your heart will be pounding right now. That's how God does it. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. Sure, and it's not really out of the songs that we've sung. It's more to do with this morning, really, and about um, the children in our church. And we went to um, Parents' Evening for Florence this week. And as part of the Parents' Evening, you get to go and obviously talk to the teacher, but you get to go and look at their work. And this time they had the RE books out in school. So we got to look at her RE book. And um, we're looking in her book. And, then, um, and, I said to, and I was looking at some stuff on the wall as well. And I said, Andy, come here. Come and look at this. And there was a picture on the wall, and, and it said Florence's name on it. And, um, and it was a picture of um, feeding of the 5,000 or something that she'd drawn. And, and at the bottom, if Florence had written, she'd written, um, it said, what did you learn from this story? And, she, and Florence had written, I learned that Jesus is God and that he can do miracles. And I think what I, what I wanted to share is I'm so grateful for the people in this church who teach our children because obviously Andy and I pray with Florence and we talk to her, but so much of what she knows and loves about Jesus and that innocence at her age about that, that she really believes that that's true and that even at such a young age, she believes that Jesus lives in her heart and that's so much to do with all the prayer and the teaching that she gets and the preparation from such a young age in our church. So I just wanted to share that. Is that okay? Bless you. Thank you, Katie. I had not primed you at all. <laughs> That is great. Yeah, we do have a great team. It was a lovely uh, service this morning. Great to see lots of the families 
of the brigades in and, and the children did really well. It's not just about entertainment. It's not just about, you know, kind of like let's get the kids up the front and stuff. Yeah, it is about there's a deep learning, there's a deep teaching. Uh, I love the fact that the Boys Brigade Junior section two years in a row have won Bible knowledge quiz. Come on, well done, John. Awesome. Love that. Anyone else got anything that they want to share? Thank you, Katie. Well, I had a rather bizarre situation happen to me this week. I was coming back from the airport on Thursday and I'd just got into the tube and a young girl sat beside me and um, I thought she was American, actually, because her English was so brilliant with her American accent. And um, she said, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, she said, but would you mind writing me a letter? A friend of mine's doing a project on letters. And I thought, well, I've got an hour in the tube, but that's okay. And I just thought, Lord, what am I supposed to write? And he just put it on my heart to tell her that God loved her and that she was very precious. And I decided to write her a letter from God. And I just signed this letter off with all my love, God. Anyway, she read this whole letter through and she said, are you a lady of faith? I said, yes. So she said, "Um, me too, I'm a Muslim and I come from Turkey. And we then had an hour on the troop. I don't even know this girl's name. She's a girl that's been really hurt through relationship and wanted to talk about how you can let things go with God. And I just think sometimes we don't know, do we? All I'd done was got off the aeroplane and onto a tube and ended up having a wonderful hour on the Piccadilly line with this girl talking about things of God. So... Sometimes we just have to pray for opportunities that we never know are going to come. Perfect. Thank you. That fits in really nicely with just being in the presence of God, isn't it? We're in the presence of God. God is with us all the time. I mean, for us, it's acknowledging him. And, and he wants to use us all the time. It's actually, have we got an ear to hear what he's doing? And that's a, a situation where it's just like an opportunity. We need to look out for those opportunities, you know, just where God is present in our lives. And all of a sudden, it's just like right there in your face. Okay, God, I've got to do something about it. Anybody else? That's fantastic. Thank you, Corinne. Okay. I just wanted to say how, um, just to point out on Bethany, is that you only live once and you get all these amazing stories that people have said and make them count, make that chance that, You've got to share those amazing stories with people. Count and just that's just awesome. Excellent. Yeah, make them count. (laughs) Might be the one and only opportunity you get to share with that person, Corinne. If you hadn't have just done it, that might not have been the seed that was sown in that woman's life. We just do not know when God is putting someone in front of us. Thank you, Oliver. That's great. Um, I I I had a, a young lad come up to me a couple of weeks ago who's in company section, Boys Brigade. And um, he had tears in his eyes. He's not the kind of lad to have tears in his eyes. And he said, would you pray for my friend? And I kind of said, well, my prayers aren't any, you know, more holy than your prayers, um, you know. Uh, and he has got a faith in Jesus. He does believe. Um, and he is planning uh, to be baptised sometime this year. Um, but he said, could you pray for my friend whose mum has just been diagnosed with a brain tumour? She keeps falling over and fainting and they've done an MRI and she's got this massive big 
lump here. And I was like, oh man, he was absolutely gutted and he was really upset at the end of Boys Brigade. And it's like, it's very difficult if you've ever been to Boys Brigade company section when you've got 25 lads kicking around like crazy, ripping each other to pieces just for fun. Um, and then there's one, one lad who comes up to you with a really serious thing. You're just kind of like, I've got to focus on the ministry that's going on here and chatting to him. Um, so I think the rest of the leaders, he, you know, the, the lads went home and I said, okay, well, let's pray. And it was in that moment, you know, I could have quite easily said, oh, well, I'll pray for her in my own time. I'll pray for her. But it was in that moment, as you say, Oliver, you, you, you grabbed that moment. And I said, well, let's pray right now. Pray right now. And I just laid hands on his shoulder and I just prayed for him. And I prayed for this for his friend's mum that she'd be healed in Jesus' name. And he said, yeah, Lord, do that, please. And that was a simple prayer, right? So after half term... He comes back and I said to him, so, um, you know, how's, how's, how's your friend's mum? And she went, well, the really weird thing is they've been for a scan and there's nothing there. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, and this was right at the very beginning of Boys Brigade when, when there's some in headlocks and there's balls flying around all over the place, and there's fights going on that are just play fights. And all of a sudden, it's just like everything just zoned out. And I just went, sorry, what did you say? And he said, yeah. He had tears in his eyes again. They've had a a scan, and there's nothing there. It's it's gone, and they can't understand it. And I went, you know, don't you? And he went, we prayed, and she's healed. (laughs) And I'm like, yes. That's it, mate. And for him, he's just like, I can't believe it. I said, this is your moment when you know God is real. This is your moment. Um, and he was here this morning, his dad's been helping at the boys' brigade. We just love that. God is just drawing people. God is drawing people. We need to be ready as Christians to act. We need to be ready to lay a hand on a shoulder and pray and not worry about being embarrassed. You know, we need to do that right here and right now. Uh, I've got some thoughts to share, if that's okay. Uh, I couldn't stand up here and not share a few other thoughts. Uh, we're going to have another time of worship in a minute. I'm just going to grab my notes because I left them down here like a womble. Uh, there we go. Um, just off the back of what Bethany uh, shared, which was really, really uh, good, and thank you for doing that. Um, the, the, the passage of scripture you used, um, myself and Ian went to a conference this week. We're men. It's all right. It's not just the women that go to conferences. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry? No, there wasn't curry, actually. And I, I'm... <laughs> pie and mash, yes. Can I tell you a little story about pie and mash? Right, so me and Ian, we're going down to the conference and we arrive early. It's not like Ian to be early. About an hour early we were. Um, and we've just been talking in the car about losing weight. And I went to the doctors a couple of weeks ago and I've been told I've got to lose some weight or I'll die. It's as simple as that, you know. Thanks, Doc. Good, thank you. Um, so we're in the car. We're like, yeah, well, we're going to make an effort. Let's make an effort. We're really getting, you know, at a conference, we're looking out for each other. We'll make an effort. Not going to eat the carbs. We'll eat the proteins and the fruits and everything else like that. It's all right, Josh, isn't it? Josh has bashing, been bashing me for months about this. So we're like, yeah, okay. So we get out of the car and we, we're walking around Hoddesdon. Uh, we're near the conference centre, and we're just chatting about what you know, what we feel God's doing in the church, what we're doing at this conference, and we're really looking forward to it. And all of a sudden, Ian, he's just like, "Yeah, lose the weight." And Ian's just like, "Menzies Pie and Mash Shop down that alley." Oh, we've got to go. Come on, I'm buying you Pie and Mash. <laughs> Literally, within five minutes of talking about losing weight, there we both are tucking into Pie and Mash. 
But you can't beat a bit of pine mash, can you? It's awesome. <laughs> anyway, slightly side story. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> just a little, I know. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I've been very good since then. All right, let's put it that way. Um, Bethany, men- I have. Bethany mentioned uh, a passage of scripture which is really, really, you know, familiar to us. Uh, Do not worry from, from Matthew 6. Part of the um, Sermon on the Mount, which we've been looking at in, in church. And um, I won't read all of it because Bethany, I don't want to take away what Bethany has said at all uh, this evening. So I'm not going to read it again. The only thing I will say is it starts off in the NIV with therefore. Now, I love the fact that when you have a a statement by Jesus or Paul or whoever, it says, therefore, you know you can't just then read on. You have to go back and see what has been said. And literally, before um, the do not worry passage is what we've looked at uh, over the last few years, prayer, fasting, forgiveness. And then the bit about treasures in heaven. The bit preceding do not worry is Jesus talking about storing up Treasures in heaven, not on earth, but in heaven, the future. Therefore, having your mind focused on what God is laying up for you in heaven because of you praying and fasting and serving him down here, do not worry. He's not saying, you know, don't worry about what's here on earth. He's saying, do not worry because I've got this stuff for you up here in heaven. I've got this for you. Keep going, keep working. So therefore, don't worry about this stuff. I've got you. You've got treasures in heaven. Your father is storing this up for you. Why are you worrying about your life? What will you eat? What you will wear? How your exams are going to go? What job you're going to get? Who you're going to marry? What car you might have? What lovely kids you pray for that you might have don't let the now as Bethany said slip into the future where all of a sudden you're kind of like way off thinking this and thinking that what do I do we strive to get good exam results you said that we work hard for these things we revise I didn't don't do what I did do what I say what I keep saying to my kids and the young people because I made a mess of things I didn't think of, of you know the now or the future I just didn't do much in life I couldn't be bothered, I got an apprenticeship and that was it couldn't be bothered with GCSEs but you guys have got this golden opportunity set before you you've got these exams going on your head's full of revision and I loved what you said, revise about God and you will not worry Revise about God, you will not worry. Love that. Um, In verse 33 of this passage of scripture, it's the bit that we know really well, but seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Now I think we have a problem with the word seek. Me and Ian were chatting about this when we were away because we were talking about what we're going to say tonight. I think we have a problem with what that means. Um, I think we kind of see seek as, I've lost my phone, so I'm just kind of looking for it. You know, we just kind of, you know, where's my, where's my keys, where's my phone? 
Sorry, I said that. That is terrible. If you don't know, that is like X Factor stuff. Or is it Britain's Got Talent? I can't remember. Where's my keys? Where's my phone? And we look for them. We're looking for the phone. Andrea this week lost her phone, which was hilarious. Me and Pauline were around there in a meeting. She's lost it. She can't find it. She's just, she's seeking it, but not finding it. And we're trying to say to her, have you got to find my iPhone? Yeah, I have. What's the, what's the password to get in? Dunno. I can't remember it. And Pauline prayed, said in Jesus' name she will find the phone. Within four minutes of us finishing the meeting, she found the phone. In the present. Prayed about it. Get on with it. Didn't worry. But we have, I think we have a problem with the word seek. Which kind of like look, you know, through binoculars, we're seeking for something. We're kind of looking for something. In the NRSV, the word seek is actually replaced with the word strive. The word is strive. Now, to me, when you hear the word strive, it's like you've actually really got to work at it. You really have got to search for this, to look for it. And this is in the context of God. God isn't kind of like saying, here, I'm over here. And you're like, yeah, I can see you. I just see you from afar. It's actually, no, we've got to strive. We've got to really work at looking for what God is doing for his kingdom. That's what he's saying here. And he's saying, do that first. Strive for me first. Now, it doesn't mean that if we, you know, just say, well, God's got everything in control. He knows the plans for me. I'll just sit back and let things happen. As Bethany said, we don't just let that happen. We actually have to work at it. But what we tend to do is we work at it in our own strength. We strive, we seek to have good exam results. We strive and seek to find a good job, to find a great marriage, to have a lovely home. We strive and we seek, but we're doing it in our own strength. And God says here, no, 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 no. Seek me first. Strive and look for me first. Look for the kingdom of God first in whatever happens. And then, when you've done that, I'll give you all of these things. You see, when we try it in our own strength, we worry, we get anxious about it. Goodness me, how many of this nation, these people are on pills for anxiety, for worrying about stuff. And Jesus says, why are you worrying? Seek me first. Start off the morning. Give it to me first. Wherever I go, I'm with you. Wherever you go, I'm with you. Strive for these things, work for these things. God says he knows the plans he has for us. But he wants us to strive for him, his kingdom. Do we do that? You see, God wants contact with us in a, in a we're children of God. He is our father. But he also enters into contract. We promise. We made promises to follow Jesus. Each one of us who calls ourselves a Christian here tonight has promised Father, I will follow you. If we've gone through the waters of baptism, we've prayed a promise that we will follow Jesus. We have strived for that. We're striving for that. But at the same time, he wants us to do some work as well. So I'm not saying you can go home from tonight, young people, and say, I don't have to revise because I'm seeking God first. All right? That's not what it's about. It's about actually saying, God, I've got a load of revision I've got to get done and my head is full of everything. Father, I give this to you. 
This is your revision. You give to me, you put in my head the things that I need to remember for those exams. And Father, these exams, they're yours. When you walk into that exam hall, you say, Father, these are yours. I give them to you. I've worked my hardest I can through it. Now just give me stuff to remember in my head. It's those little practical things that when we're going out in life where we just have to say, God, you're first. Every single step of the way. He wants your total attention. Put him first. Involve him in everything. Then see what he does. Because it says, as we looked last week in church, that those who pray, those who fast, the Father sees what is done and he will reward you. God will do amazing things when you put him first. Be in his presence and be present with him. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you uh, that you say to us we must seek you first. Father, it's easier said than done sometimes in life. We, uh, we go from here, we do what we've got to do, we've got to think about the next day and everything else, Father, and, and, and we, we just forget that you're there with us, wanting that conversation, wanting just to, to, to fill us with your goodness, with your spirit. Father, I pray um, that we would actually strive for your kingdom first in everything we do. Lord, that we would see your kingdom come in our life and then we will see this plan that, that all of a sudden it's just like, oh God, you were there with me. This has happened. That's amazing. I prayed about that and it's happened. Father, help us in our insecurities and in our worries and everything else like that. Father, give us strength. Give us your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to spend a bit more time singing as we come towards the end of the service. If anything that has been shared this evening has touched your heart, then please um, talk to one of us, you know, pray, pray with someone maybe. Um, pray one of the young people, bless them, ask them to pray for you, you know. They can do it, can't you? us feel like we've got mountains in front of us this week, over the next coming months, whatever it might be. But actually, the words of that song is when we stand with Christ... We stand with him. When we put him first, those mountains will crumble. They will fall. God will just move them aside. We need to believe that. We need to trust in that. We need to believe that God holds every single one of us in his arms like a child and loves us dearly. So, Father God, I pray as we go from here, we would hold our heads up high, knowing that each one of us is a son, a daughter of the true and living God. But Father, as long as we stay in your presence, as long as we're in your kingdom, as long as we're putting you first, you have some amazing plans for us. Father, you call us to be ambassadors. You call us to share the good news of Jesus. May that be through our radiant smiles, a hand on a shoulder for prayer. A kind word when everybody else is just angry. Father, let us not be people of worry, but people of joy and hope. That our friends, families and neighbours will look at us and go, what have you got? 
I want some. I want some of that. Father, for those of us that may be struggling uh, to put the kingdom first, to put you first, that there are big mountains in front of us, Father, let them know they're not alone. We are here as brothers and sisters to pray. And if that is you, I, I urge you to take someone to this evening and pray with them. Father, take us from here to be your ambassadors, not to worry, but to hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.